This is Take It or Leave It, the podcast releasing the raw, unedited teachings of Jesus. We are called to share His holy and powerful word that is not commonly taught, so all may be armed with knowledge of His commands. We are expected to live according to God's standard. Though this world may change, our Lord and Savior does not. Are you sure you are saved? Are you sure you are not distracted by this world? All teachings are shared with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you take it and implement change into your life, or will you leave it and continue on your own way? Jesus is coming quickly. Are you ready? I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our priesthood series. And today I want to remind you that God is love and he will remain loving you. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We actually don't have to do anything for God to love us. You can be Muslim or atheist and he loves you. You don't have to serve God for him to love you. Okay. As sinners, He loves us. We could even tell God that we don't believe in him or that we even hate him. And guess what? He still loves us. God loves and God saves are different, all right? That's something that not only me and you need to acknowledge, but this entire world needs to understand that God's love and God's salvation is not the same. There is nothing to do to get God's love, but there are things that we must do for God to save us, okay? God prospers and Satan prospers. So many are confused when they are successful today. And despite prosperity and living what the world says is a good life, we still need to be saved. All right. The world today says God's love and salvation are the same. And that is a teaching of Satan because it's not true. You may have friends and family who do not honor God with their lives, but God still loves them, but he will not accept them, meaning they will not be saved unless they repent and live a righteous life, okay? The world is about acceptance, but God is clear. He's coming back to divide. Those who do nothing for God are not going to be saved. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Starting in verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. So this verse is confirming that we should all be priests. Priests today, they're not just in the Catholic faith. You and I must be priests for Jesus. That's what he's teaching us here. New Testament priests have a purpose to proclaim the praises of Jesus, right? It's to proclaim him and him alone. In this verse that we just read says him, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Him is Jesus. We are to proclaim his praises to all the earth. So what do we proclaim? His praises, right? What are those? Well, it's not as simple as saying praise the Lord, right? God already knows that he's worthy of the praise. So what are you proclaiming? What should I be proclaiming? What praises? The praises of Jesus. These are his teachings. We need to share the reasons why Jesus needs praised. Amen. He saved us from a life of eternal torment. The one who can cast our soul into hell, the only one. He has offered us a way to be saved. He offered us this because he loves us so much, but it's going to be up to you and me to do something about it, to do the work so that we're saved, right? That's what we do as priests. We have to share with others. Priests are sanctified by God 
for their position. And we're going to read a little bit about that. In Exodus chapter 29, verse 44, it says, So I will consecrate the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate both Aaron and his sons to minister to me as priest. As you know, we've been talking about Moses and Aaron and his sons. They offered the profane fire, right? God was angry, so he burned them up, right? But these priests, they were consecrated, right? So that they could serve. So who consecrates? God does. This verse says, I will consecrate, that's God. He not only consecrated the tabernacle, but the priest as well. For this to be holy and consecrated, God must be the one to do it. We can't do it ourselves. If we could do it ourselves, we would just save ourselves. Ministry today requires consecration. Without consecration, the ministry is man-made. All right, what what does that mean? It means if it's man-made, you're operating in your own agenda and not God's agenda. Any work that you're doing, even if it has a mask on as for the church or for the ministry of the church, if you aren't consecrated, that work is in vain. It's in vain and it does not please God. Exodus 28 verse 3, it says, So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments, to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. That's a capital M, okay? That's God. Consecration is required for any priest to minister unto God. That's what we realize here. To consecrate him, that he may minister to me as a priest. So as a result of consecration, he can now minister as a priest. Amen? Numbers 3, verse 3. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests, whom he consecrated to minister as priests. We have so many verses that support consecration. And this just further supports that the sons of Aaron were already consecrated by God. All right. So consecration is first, then the anointing is second. We cannot be anointed by God until we are consecrated by God. Both the anointing and consecration comes from God. There were ceremonies for the consecration of priests, and they were very specific, very methodical, right? There were procedures for priests. Why? Well, the answer is easy because God is organized. You and I today, we should have an organized life because our God is organized. God plans, so we should plan. People today, they like to say, I'll just take it one day at a time, but plan instead. God had plans of the rapture, the second coming to earth. He has these plans and he most definitely is a God that has a schedule. We serve a God of order. Therefore, our lives should be in order. Amen. In Exodus 29, verse 4, it says, And Aaron and his sons you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall wash them with water. Okay, so before Aaron and his sons can even enter the tabernacle, they must be washed outside. Who's going to wash them? Moses had to wash them. All right? Leviticus 8, 6. Let's further support this here. Uh, Leviticus 8, 6 says, Then Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Okay, so God said it. Moses did it. Moses brought Aaron and the sons and washed them. This is a required ceremony. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament. Okay, so let's connect them. Many today think it doesn't apply anymore, meaning they don't think that the Old Testament applies, but it does. Why do I say that? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Jesus says in John 3, 5, that there is no other way to eternal life with him unless one is born of water. Okay, so unless you wash Aaron and his sons with water, they cannot step into the temple of God. 
Okay? So there are things that we must do. We must be washed with the water. We must receive the word of God with meekness by the washing of the word. All right? This is James chapter 1, 21. The washing with water refers to the word of God always. All right? The drinking of water, which the Bible talks about quite often, this is the Holy Spirit. All right? We're talking about washing. The word of God saves us. It washes us. It's like a mirror. If you saw that your hair was out of place in the mirror, would you not immediately fix it in the mirror? I don't know the person that leaves the bathroom, fixes their hair, comes back. No, it's usually fixed before you leave the bathroom. You don't want your hair out of place. Likewise, we fix ourselves immediately in the mirror, which is the word of God. That's what we ought to do. We need to fix it immediately. We look to the word to be sure that we're washed, to be sure that everything lines up, everything's in place according to what God says. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So her is church. That's the church. And do you see here that we should let the word of God wash us because we are the church. We have accountability to be washed. Amen. We cannot oppose his word. We must take it all, and not just some versions, not just some verses. We accept everything that God says. Amen? Today, there's people that say, oh, I'll take this verse and this verse, but not this one. Right? There's people talking all the time that, no, we're not going to accept that. But you have to. You cannot accept 75% of God or 99% of God. It must be 100% of everything that God says. How else can you be washed? You cannot. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, it says, He answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What do we learn here? God sees the heart. This is reality today. God sees the heart. It does not matter if you are in church every single Sunday, raising your hands, kneeling on the floor. It doesn't matter because if your heart is dirty, if your heart's not in the right place, God sees that. So you could say, praise God, praise Jesus, I believe in you. But if your heart is not in that condition that is pleasing to God, you are not pleasing to God. Verse 7, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Wow, so in vain they worship God. When your heart is far from God, you worship God in vain. Can you imagine worshiping God and God does not accept it? Because that's what he's saying here. There is worship that is not accepted. The world says, I thought we served a God of acceptance. It's not true. Clearly, he has a standard. Can you not see it? Do you remember Paul and Silas in jail? God accepted their worship because of their hearts. What happened? The door of the jail opened for them. And still, these two were worshiping God and there was no fog there were no lights. There were no big screens. Just heart to heart with God. That's how we ought to be. Today, many embrace man's traditions. So man-made traditions. What are traditions? They're ideas and beliefs that are passed down from one generation to another. And many people, they will adapt to new traditions, but not all will adapt. Some will stick with their own, or they'll take some new traditions, but not all. People will teach today that there are many correct ways to interpret the Word of God. This is why it is difficult to teach the Word of God, just because of the way that people are today. Today, if traditions in Mexico are the best, for example, why don't we all just do the same? 
because people can decide. They're going to accept what they want, and they're not going to accept what they don't want. But with the word of God, there is only one correct answer. Just one. God said it and he meant something else. Who is the person that gives instructions to another where there's 10 different ways to do something? No. We give specific instructions because there's one way to do it correctly. Our God is specific. He's a God of order. There's only one correct answer. If he says it, there's only one true interpretation. There's only one meaning to the word of God. It's people that don't want to change and who refuse the true understanding. So you could be the best teacher. You could. The best teacher. You could line up completely with scripture, doing things according to how God told you. And that's good. But still, the people can still reject the word of God and they are accountable for that. That's part of the reason why this podcast is called Take It or Leave It because people have a choice. I hope they take it, right? I hope you take it. I hope you take it and implement change in your life. But you can also leave it here. When we look at our lives, we should be going deeper and deeper into the word of God because we are never close enough to God. The words that I learned 10 years ago are now old. That doesn't mean what I once learned was wrong, just old. I should be on to a new thing, a deeper thing. I must go deeper. What happens then? Will we see deeper as we go? We don't stay stubborn in our ways. We're going to talk about Ezekiel some more, uh, but we are moving on to a different vision. And I want to read it to you. This is Ezekiel chapter 47. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. And it says, Then he brought me back. So this is the vision of Ezekiel. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. Okay, so we know that Ezekiel saw a man who brought him back to the door of the temple. Okay, there's water flowing. We can go deeper here, but we're not here uh, for the purpose of this study. We're not going to look at what the north and the, the east, we're not going to, to dig deeper there because they, are, they do mean something. But what I want to stress here is that Ezekiel saw a man. Verse 2, he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gates that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. Verse 3, And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. All right, so he saw a man. The man had a line. He's measuring. That's what a line is. It's a measuring tool. So this man measured 1,000 cubits through the water. All right, verse four, again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Okay, so this man continues to measure and brings him out deeper and deeper. First, it's at his ankles, then his knees, then his waist. So he's going deeper. Verse five, again, he measured 1,000 cubits. It was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Okay, so it gets so deep that he can no longer just walk in the water. He needs to swim. He needs to swim. Verse 6, he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. Here's what we need to learn here. Today people are brought deep into the water, deep into the word of God, but people refuse. God uses priests to take us to the deep water. That's what we are to do. 
It goes out to her ankles, then her knees, then her waist. And when it's time to swim, people do back down. They back down. It gets too difficult. Today, you and I will not advance in the word if we stay in the same water. It's a progression of deep knowledge of God. Many oppose God when they feel it doesn't make sense. But I just want to remind you that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We're not to lean on our own understanding. So in those moments where it doesn't feel like it makes sense, we still go. Maybe it conflicts with your old knowledge. Maybe where God's taking you conflicts with something you learned before. But we need to be sensitive. We need to know when the old knowledge needs laid aside. That doesn't mean I'm going to make something up. Because surely God will not contradict himself, even if we have old knowledge. But we need to acknowledge when he's taking us deeper. Because God wants to show us a new thing. We will not know God until we go deeper. God showed Ezekiel that there is more than what you know. There's more than what you know now. Let me take you deeper. There is always more to know about God. We can always get closer. We can always dig deeper. Not a single person on this earth will ever be close enough to God. Jesus says, hypocrites, you are so strong in your traditions, but there is more to know. God's going to teach us progressively. He will take us deeper and deeper into the waters. This is the word of God. We must be washed by the word of God. Are you washed? Do you allow yourself to be washed by the word of God? Because surely God wants you to be washed because he is coming back like a thief in the night. And there's going to be many that hear, away from me, I never knew you. And we don't want many victims there. We should all be armed with this knowledge to be washed with the word. Amen. This is shared with the love of the Lord. And this is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.